Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where we are uh, close to the end of the year, and God, could we not hope for a better year next year, because 2020 has been an absolute mess of a year. I'm sure there's been lots of those in the history of the realm that we live in, but anyways, we got Johnny here tonight. Jesse is, uh, I don't know, sleeping maybe? Who knows? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, But... Tonight we're going to get into some interesting topics. First thing that I want to do before we do that, uh, first off, check out last week's video. It was really good. Just our bailout socialist. Um, really good video. We hit a lot of good points in it. And and maybe Johnny and I, after we hit up our first topic, can go back a little bit into that and discuss some of <clears throat> what was part of the bailout, that the one that they're trying to pass. Um, secondly, I, I just want to give a shout out to uh, someone that I met at where I work. Um, it's just another fellow podcaster, Jason with this could make us famous, uh, on his YouTube channel. Check out his YouTube channel. He does a podcast as well. This could make us famous. We'll put the, uh, the links down below or I will to his YouTube channel. Uh, really nice guy, really good content. Um, a little bit different than ours. Uh, not too conspiratorial, I guess you could say, but he, he has a, a lot of good content, a lot of, of good information and stuff like that. So check out Jason w- in his channel in, uh, Good to see you again last week, man. But Johnny, what's up, dude? What's going on? Not much. Touching on your whole 2020 thing for a second. I'm so glad it's almost over. Even though, like, will January 1st really be any different? You know? Right. Like, is it kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy? Like, I feel like that's all year for the last at least half of this year. Everybody I talk to and myself included are all like, man, 2020 sucks. Man, I'm ready for 2020 to be over. Like, if for some weird reason, like, January 1st, 2021, everything's just going to be like, sunshine and rainbows like like there's a hard reset button and everything goes to normal but maybe like mentally there will you know like maybe nothing actually changes in the world but maybe something about it not being 2020 anymore people will like mentally be better or try to be better like i said like a self-fulfilling prophecy if you if you think you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay if you if you you know work towards stuff and have that reinvigorated like motivation and stuff then Maybe. So maybe people will bring it upon themselves to make themselves better. And I think they do that every year with working out and trying to eat <clears throat> healthier. But you could do that throughout the whole year at any point in time. You can, but there's something about that, like, True. especially this year with that artificial, oh, man, 2020 is the worst year ever. 2021 will be better. I think that when the new year comes, I think it's just something. I don't know if it's like biblical or just something with the stars, but it's just... Every time there's a new year, it's just like a new start. And I don't know where the basis is behind that, but it's there, and that's why people do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I, like you said, like a reset on your life. But for like people like you and I, I just wake up the next day and I'm like, okay, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. I've never been one to do like New Year's resolution because I'm on the same boat as you. I'm like, if you want to change something, you can you can change something at any time of the year. You yeah, know? exactly. But. Um, and maybe we'll get a little bit into that too, but the first topic that I want to get into specifically, um, last week, my, my cousin Bobby had, had made a comment about how basically it's Jesse's fault that he didn't have health insurance, right? Because of the injury that he occurred for, uh, Jesse said he spent 15,000 out of pocket Mm -hmm. and we've had conversations, you know, just between you and I and, and within our, within our whole friend group, honestly, I've had these type of conversations, but, um, Whenever I was a manager, 
was it was fairly cheap to have health insurance you know um it is, it is offered and, and this wasn't a big company or a big corporation or anything like that uh so it was for myself it was like 80 or 90 bucks a month that's manageable right mm-hmm. it's manageable but when you add a family into that it went up to 500 like for a spe- for me and a kid it was like 300 but then when you add you your kid and your spouse it went up to a thousand thousand dollars a month jesus christ yeah on top of um and this is just me i'll get down to the national average of what each of these costs um and then you have i have my car insurance and i have full coverage on both i I lease my car my wife owns her car but we still have full coverage on both it recently just went down but i was i was paying 200 bucks for two vehicles so i had a thousand plus 200 and then my mortgage insurance is like a hundred bucks a month or a little bit more. I think it averages out to like 1200 bucks or 1200 bucks a year. So what is that? <clears throat> That's a 1200 a year. Yeah. Or no, no, no. Yeah. So I had 10,000 for health insurance. Wait, 1200 a year, or 1200 a month. What? 1200. No, a year? It was, it was 1200 a year for, so it was like a hundred. So a hundred a month. Yeah. Um, so I had 10 grand for health insurance, 200 or 200 times 12 is 2,400 for, Car insurance, so I'm like I'm at twelve thousand four hundred dollars, and then what am I forgetting? My my homeowner's insurance was twenty or twelve hundred in okay. a year. So like so you're at thirteen six thirteen thousand dollars a year for insurance. Think what you could do if you like put that into the market, and that was just enough savings that was increasing by like twelve percent every month. Yeah, that's it. I mean, and I do think about that. I'm like, damn, twelve percent every year. I should say, but, sorry. A lot of Americans, or or anyone and anywhere for that matter, if they didn't, and maybe I, I don't know if I can speak on that, but if they had, if they didn't have to pay for that insurance that much, would they really do those type of things, right? So I, I don't know if that's necessarily why that we have insurance per se is because people wouldn't use that money to do the right thing mm-hmm. to to save that money in case something does happen, right? Um, but. I think insurance mostly affects just ordinary people who make basic incomes, who are trying to make ends meet and live paycheck to paycheck. Don't you? Mm-hmm. So my question is, or my question is for for the podcast is is insurance a scam? Yeah. So my thoughts on it, and I'm not. This is all just off the top of the cuff here, or whatever the saying is. I don't have a lot of insight or real world education or information into this, but. I feel like to a degree, it is a scam. First off, how does an insurance company make money? Just your average insurance company, doesn't matter if it's health, car, whatever. An insurance company has to make money, which in theory, and I'm sure there's more to it. There's probably government grants. There's probably all kinds of other nonsense. For sure. but, just, but just basic math, they have to take in more money than they pay out, which means that somebody who's paying into it is not getting money out of it. Probably a lot of people who are paying into it are not getting money out of it, which means that they're just wasting that money. It is, I mean, by definition, what insurance is, is it's, you know, it's something there to fall back on in case something happens. You know, insurance is a just-in-case kind of thing. And my thing is, so, like, I have car insurance. One, because you're legally required to have car insurance. Um, I do have full coverage on my car instead of just liability. I would have just liability, but the only reason I have full coverage is because for me, 
it's like $20 more a month. That's it. Like the difference between my liability and my full coverage is like 20 bucks a month. So that's, you know, over two years, that's what? A hundred and man, can I not do four, math right 480? now? What? 480. Yeah. 240 a year. So 480 over a couple of years. That's a $480 difference. I have a $10,000 car though, you know? So it makes, it just makes sense for me to have that. Like that's one of the ones where when I do the math on it myself, it actually makes sense. And then there's stuff like vision and dental and all this. Like I can go get an eye test right now at the fucking Walmart and then buy glasses online for like with prescription lenses, like anti-glare, all that um, nice frames and whatnot for whatever I want. Anywhere between 160 bucks or like $500 if I want to get nice fucking glasses, whatever. But I'm like, man, that money that I would be spending on um, – vision insurance for, or something like that or health insurance even in Jesse's case he had to spend 15,000 he may not have that 15,000 saved up if it wasn't for, if he was paying for insurance because insurance is expensive and then so like instead of paying into that insurance he's taking that money putting it into savings but not just like bank savings like into the market into stocks where they're incurring a good percentage you know a good like return on investment basically kind of thing where he's making that money so that when he did break his leg, he had over 15 grand just lying around ready for that kind of thing in case it happens. Sucks that it happens. Sucks that he had to pay that. And then that the government didn't give any back, no tax breaks, none of that. That's a different story, you know. But I'm like, and then even then, depending on what insurance he got, he would have like a deductible and all that. And you don't know how much he would actually have to pay. Yeah. So like he, could, he could be paying into it like $100 a month for health insurance. And he could have been paying that for the last five years. And then which, what is that real quick? Uh, let's see, 100 times. So 1200 a year for five years. So like $6,000. So yeah, $6,000. But, but, but even then, like if you're not like a manager and you're not working for a company that doesn't offer insurance mm-hmm. and you're going through like Obamacare or state insurance. I mean, well, which Jesse's, yeah, Jesse's, 100, a, Jesse's a bartender. He's not getting insurance yeah, offered from the, his place of work. hundred percent. $100 is fair. Hundred. That's fair. So yeah. six grand. Yeah. So like six grand. So, but it's not like they're just going to instantly be like, okay, here's the 15,000 for your insurance. Like he'd probably, he may, he may one, just get payments instead of a lump sum kind of thing that they pay into it, which means then maybe there's fucking interest on it, which I doubt it because I don't think that's how hospitals so, work. Let's just, let's, but then also he may have to pay 3,800 out of pocket right now. No, 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 way more than that. So for, for, for instance, so someone for, who decides to be a bartender at the age that Jesse is, um, there, there are two options, and really the only option is going to be getting catastrophic insurance. Okay. Just in case something major happens, you're covered, right? Because surgeries that are... You're talking like, like something big, like yeah, cancer, cancer yeah, or kidney failure. Yeah, heart transplant, heart, all that type of shit where it's like $100,000 in a few days. Um, you're going you're gonna to have... And, and that's probably what the state's going to give you, or Obamacare, whenever you're single and you go... If your work doesn't offer your insurance, you're going to get shitty insurance. Your deductible is going to be 10 to 20 grand. If you get catastrophic, your deductible will be right around like 10 grand. So Jesse still would have had to have paid 10 grand out of pocket, even if he had insurance. 10 grand, even though he's already paid in $6,000 over the past six years because he's single, he's healthy, and he made a mistake, which everyone does. And I understand that that's why insurance is in place, but it's in place and he still has to pay $10,000 out of pocket. So then, ten thousand plus the six thousand, he's put in sixteen grand. So he's actually benefited 
by not having insurance and he saved a thousand dollars. And that's the big thing though is being responsible with your money. If you're taking the money that you're not paying towards insurance and then just wasting it, you know, on booze or going to the movies or whatever your fucking whatever your hobby is, whatever your thing is, you're spending on doesn't matter, car parts, you play golf, do whatever. If you're spending the money and not putting it into savings, then you are kind of defeating the purpose and you probably should have insurance because insurance is a nice fallback. Right. But if you're good with your money and you have money saved up and you're responsible with it, most insurances do feel like a scam. And there's some that are important for like, once again, like obviously if God forbid, you know, something were to happen and you were to crash and end up killing someone or causing a lot of property damage with your car or whatever. Yeah, I get I get that. I get car insurance and needing that so that you're not just bankrupt and SOL for the fucking next seven years of your life or whatever it is, you know. But is that a product of uh, again, is that a product, a product of our environment? One uh, one thing I would just want to say to what you just said is the fact that we were born into this system and we were taught like, hey, you need to have these things. And this is the only way. There's no other way. This is the best way, and insurance is the only way to go. And again, like you said, you have to have car insurance. Whenever I was younger, from the ages of like 16 to like 24, I would literally just buy car insurance twice a year. And because once you buy it, you get that certificate that says, for some reason, it says that you have it for six months. But that's only if you pay it each and every single month. So I would pay the first month just to get my, my tags renewed, mm-hmm. just to show proof of insurance, and then I would just drive without insurance. But you still ended up owing that other money, right? No, because insurance isn't legally obligated. So I, okay, got, I see what you're saying. But yeah. if you were to get in a wreck or something were to happen, Correct. you would have not had insurance, which could have fucked you. Very true. But I'm a safe driver, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I, I trust myself. And, I, and I, I know that saying. I know that's not always the case, and people make mistakes. And mistakes shit like happen. That. Jesse broke his leg. Yeah, that's a so mistake. It's not just, like he planned on doing that. So, this is uh, um, fuck. This is the health insurance. Okay, so I think the insurance sectors. This just says insurance. Damn it. The health ins- the health insurance industry has tremendous growth and has experienced a significant increase in net earnings to twenty three point four billion dollars. And that was in 2018. In 2019, the health insurance industry netted a $35.7 billion over the That's course think, of... How are they making that money? Where's that money come from? Right. All the people paying into it who aren't gaining anything from it. Car insurances, they've seen a net, they've seen a net increase of a profit of margin of 6.3%. They don't, they don't give you an actual number when you look it up. They just say for car insurance, it's 6.3% of whatever they made last year. Mm-hmm. That's how much of an increase of profit they've made. Which is actually a low increase profit margin-wise for a business. To be fair, most businesses create increase more than that profit margin-wise per year. Well, there's 203 million registered drivers right now with an average of $1,400 premium per year. So you take you take the 203 million times... 1400 per year? That actually sounds pretty low. Yeah, but then you times that by 203 million drivers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you see what... I don't... I don't yeah. I don't, it's just crazy, man. But it, again, I think it's just a... You're born into it and there's no other option, right? The only other option is, in my case, what I did was what I just told you. Mm-hmm. I would buy it and then I wouldn't continue it. Um, We don't have any other options. There's nothing else offered to us. They're just saying this is what it is. There's nothing else that you can do. You have to abide by this. 
And I think that that's completely ridiculous because now they've even taken it even further with your car insurance on how you get your quotes is now that they take your credit score into effect. Mm-hmm. Not just your driving history, which it's car insurance. Just go based off how I am as a driver. Now they fucking add your credit score? That's insane. Yeah, that's ridiculous in and of itself. I, I mean, the way I look at insurance, I don't want to say insurance is inherently a bad thing because I don't, me personally, I don't believe it is a bad thing. I just don't think it is as necessary as people try to sell it to you. Like the insurance salesman who is trying to sell you health insurance or life insurance at a young age or all these, di- like, like people trying to sell 25-year-olds life insurance and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, that money... You're gambling. That's what insurance is. It's a gamble. You're, it's like going to casino and you've got a, you know, whatever the house odds are. There's a 40% chance that in your life you will ever see any of the money. I'm making up this number. There's a, you know, there's a 40% chance that in your life you will ever see any money back from that insurance where it will come in handy, where something actually will happen where you needed the insurance and the amount that you have paid over the years plus the amount that you pay as a uh, deductible or whatever actually equals out the amount that you put into it the whole time when that money could have been going into savings. It's all risk versus reward. And if you like to if you like to gamble and you like to do the math and figure out your odds and stuff, go for it. But be educated about it. Don't just blindly throw money into into it as some kind of safety net. When there are safety nets you can set up for yourself to be financially successful that are way better. And now this advice isn't for everybody because I'm I'm sure as shit that there will be someone out there who they're like, you know what? I'm not going to have insurance. I'm going to save money and try to have a safety net that way financially. And then two months after they start that and they don't have insurance, something catastrophic happens. And then they're SOL. And that's, that fucking sucks. But that's, once again, it's that gamble and it's how much you're willing to, it is gambling. To me, it is gambling. Straight up. That's what insurance is. I the only thing is it's not gambling for entertainment. It's gambling for bad things that happen in your life and making sure that you come out of it okay or whatever. But even then, and this sounds fucked up to say, because I would never want to put any like financial burden on like my parents or my kids or anything like that, you know? But if God forbid, knock on wood, I were to get like cancer or need a heart transplant or something at that point, not just amongst me, but amongst my family as well. Money's the least of my concerns, right? You know? Money doesn't. Money's the least of my concerns there. And then you get into a whole other issue with how expensive the healthcare system really is. That's the, that's the real problem. Is that you would even need to think about needing insurance for health specifically for health insurance because so, of our how fucked our healthcare system so t- is. So to me, I don't even. I think it, it it comes down to more than just the health system, and it's just how expensive everything is. And you can go back to the 1940s and 30s and look at uh, how easy life was compared to now. When it comes when it comes to money, and we've had podcasts about that, you know, when the gold standard was was obliviated in 1971 or whatever it was, um, that it's not just the health industry; it's the car insurance, it's the life insurance, it's um, it's the homeowners insurance. It's it's just going up in price, just like everything else, inflation because we're printing money at an alarming rate. And I think that that would be the only reason why those things are going up in price is because we're printing more money when you add more money to the currency. But anyways. Um, well, and because people will pay. That's yeah. the thing. If, if people continue to pay, it will continue to. It's like any product. If you if you make a if you sell black boxes, that's what you sell. That's your product. It's a little styrofoam black box, and it costs you one dollar to make, 
and you can sell it for five and make a four dollar profit, but everybody's buying them. They're selling like fucking hotcakes, and now you can sell them for seven dollars a piece, and everybody's still buying them. Now you can sell them for ten dollars right. a piece. So there's so there's an issue, and maybe it is capitalism. And and I know we talked about how capitalism is inherently probably the best system, but is it really? Because Whenever, whenever this happens, you get a, you see an increase in cars and how much how expensive cars are. And whenever the cost of cars go up, you're going to see the cost of insurance go up on cars. Because if you're going to wreck a $100,000 car, that's going to be pretty expensive to fix. And those mm -hmm. insurance companies have to shell out money for that. And to me, it only makes sense if things were cheaper and things weren't so expensive that at, at, at its core, would you really need to have insurance if things weren't so damn expensive? And I'm trying to think in my head, what would be a better alternative than, than what we're faced with now? And the only thing that really made sense to me um, is maybe not necessarily just like a like a, the tax system that we have now, but just something simple as to where each person in the United States pays a dollar, right? Once or, or pays, a, I don't know how it would work, but if, if each person in the United States paid a dollar, that's 330 million people. That's $330 million. Let's say that you times that by 365 days a year. It's some absurd amount of money, like $120 billion, something mm -hmm. like that. And then that money is there just in case if someone gets in a wreck, and I, there's a lot of accidents in the United States, that's where that money would go towards. Like people pay a dollar a day for car insurance. You're getting into some socialism, by the way. Because, I know, I know, No, man. because you're dealing with... You're dealing with people who I pay insurance, so but we're already when, when whenever I get into trouble, it should pay for it. But this jackass over here doesn't put input his amount, so why should my money go to help him? You're getting into some man. We've we've I'm we've just, always I'm just trying to think of an alternate man because to me, like I said, like things are getting more expensive each and every single year, and that's not going to change. It's not going to change at all. And these these the automo the the automobile dealerships are making an absurd amount of money these insurance companies are making an absurd amount of money people continue to buy though i That's know the thing. i know and it's always choice right it's always choice but this is the system that we're brought into man and I'm, it's just like i know we're beyond the point of turning back right so in my head it's just hard to understand that i don't know why but my head still is like geared toward it's geared towards trying to figure out other alternatives and trying to spread that message to other people and I think that's all we can do at this point, to be honest. We've talked about, we've, we've talked about, between you, me, and Jesse, we've talked about a lot of different things on this podcast. Anywhere from just some of the dumbest shit to some actual somewhat intelligent conversations, I hope, I assume. Um, you know, we've talked about war and uh, viruses and all kinds of, just different stuff here and there, you know. And the one thing that I feel like we've always tried to express or, or get out there is the fact that just to educate yourself somewhat and i don't mean educate like schooling i mean think before you jump think before you leap think about every kind of decision you're making you know did did you did you buy into this did you get this car because you really really loved it and you wanted it and it was worth you um after uh after interest and after six years paying $38,000 for a $27,000 car was that worth it which that $27,000 car was not worth 27 after you drove it off the lot it was only worth 20 so basically you got a $20,000 car and you paid almost double 38,000 for it whatever like is that worth it or are you being sold on that because of some kind of weird uh advertisement and social status and all this other stuff that's going on in the world like I guess what I'm saying is man not to say like 
being woke because I hate that terminology, but the amount that we all are, myself included, sheep to so much that goes on between the government, between companies and corporations, between advertisement and marketing and all this and the new cell phones and cars. We're all, we're all we're, sheep. We're, we're sheep. Yeah. We're sheep. And I don't think that we'll ever get away from that, unfortunately. I'd, I'd love it if we did. But I don't think we will. I think we will always be sheep to a degree. But you can educate yourself and become less of a sheep. You can stop, breathe for a second, and take the time to really think about the decisions you're making with your health, with your finances, with your mental health, with your family, with all, all these things, and really like think before you leap kind of thing. That's, that's some heavy shit, man. Um, because I think that <clears throat> I always have that thought in my head that it doesn't have to be that way. Like, like the path that we're heading towards is the only path, and that's the only way that it is. But I think that if people were to, to really wake up and smell the coffee and see truly what's going on, and I think a lot of people do know, but it's not obviously it's not enough to change some shit, but that's what has made this world honestly great. Um, the third revolution or even just having the Western style of life has only been in existence for what, a hundred years. And even like the, like just the Western lifestyle, like we're a first world country. Right. Okay. And just having the plumbing and having the electricity and having all this shit like I mean, that's been around more than a hundred years, but I get what you're saying. But like to the extent of what we have it now, it's it hasn't been very long. No, you know what I'm saying? And other countries are going to eventually... No, man, the internet's only existed since the fucking 90s. Right. Or late 80s. Yeah. Late 80s. 90s, late 80s. Something like that. Something so like that. For its, for its infancy and for how many years that it's been around, I don't think that everything is set in stone. And I think that with the majority of people that live in the United States, I think we still do have a, a very large voice. And obviously we do, because if everyone stands up at the same time and says, hey, like this is wrong, then obviously that's going to outweigh anything else. That's kind of what I hope for in what we're talking about because that's the only way, man. That's the only way that we change corporatism. It's the only way that we change the corporate oligarchy. And they've found a way to infiltrate deep down into our school systems and teach us these things to make us sheep. Because you and I are sheep like you just described, but we are a little bit less of a sheep, in my opinion, because we are a little bit aware of what's going on in the things that we do. But yes, we still do buy Chinese products. We still are complicit with buying insurance, paying taxes, all those things, all this money, you know what I'm saying, that we work extremely hard for, and here we are, right? Like, here we are, man. Like, I'm 31 years old, and I've legitimately, my whole life, I, I mean, maybe not my whole life, but, like, the past three years, man, like, $30,000. That's a big difference. My whole life, well, maybe just the past three years. That's that's a big... I mean, being a, a, a general manager at a restaurant and just to spend like $30,000 in three years on health insurance, like that's insane. $30,000, money that I will never see and we never had any hardcore like health issues. Once again, that's a gamble though because God, God forbid something were to happen to you, right. your wife, or your kids. Like, But I mean, at that point, maybe is that God's plan? I know that's a different type of conversation. Um, and like I grew up like barely going to the doctors. And when I went to the doctors as a kid, like it was just, it was just for a checkup. Drink, drink clear fluids and get rest. Yeah. That's what like 90% of the time you go to a doctor for something that's not life, like altering catastrophic. They're going to tell you to drink clear fluids and get some rest. That's it. When you have the flu, that's what they tell you. Yeah, they be maybe healthy. Give you some Tamiflu or some shit like that, that they're going to charge you an arm and leg for it and I don't know, man. And it, it is a gamble. You're right. But it's a gamble that I'm willing to take at this point because I can't 
I can't just bow down and pay 10 grand a year. Like that's insane to me. On top of the $2,400 a month for my car insurance for both me and my wife's car, and on top of the $1,200 I'm paying for my homeowner's insurance. Like you said, you're never going to get that money back. You'll never. When are you going to see that money? The only time you see that money back is if something catastrophic happens or if I accidentally light a fire in my house. I forget to blow out a candle. My house burns down. At that point, it pays off, and I understand that that's why it's there. So is it not so much about the individual as it is about the population, right? That's what insurance is. When you have 330 million people live in one country, crazy shit's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, shit's always going to... Man, if if you think nothing's ever going to happen to you, something's always going to happen. I had a house burned down when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, our house completely pretty much got destroyed. Luckily, my mom had insurance, whatever. So there's... I think it's a... When I said it came to gambling, and I said educate yourselves and do the math yourself, like I said, I pay car insurance right now. It is worth it to me. It makes sense. I rent a home. I do not pay renter's insurance. Even though renter's insurance is super cheap, it's like $20 a month or something like that. Maybe even less. $20, maybe less a month. But I don't care about paying into something where I will most likely never see that $20 a month, even though that's nothing that's, you know, whatever, $240 a year. Even though that in the long span of things is barely anything, a couple of days at work, I don't want to pay into that because there's nothing in my home that I'm not okay with, like, getting you – know, I have a computer and some some chairs and a bed and a TV and stuff. Like, there's nothing in there that's worth me submitting and saying, I'm just going to give a little bit of my paycheck away to this company every month just in case. But don't you think that – Just there, in case. Don't you think there could be better systems in place? Oh, as yeah. A, I, just, I'm not, I don't know those systems. I don't know. I'm right. trying to – I guess we're looking at it in two different ways. I know, exactly. I know what you're saying, man. I get it. You, you, no, I'm not saying there's a problem with that. I think we're both not looking at it in different ways. We're highlighting different things about it. Like you're focused on changing the system and what can we do to make it better and all this. And I guess right now I'm more talking to the audience about not changing the system and all this but educating yourselves and working within the system and understanding – when you need to pay, when you don't need to pay, making your own decision instead of just believing something and buying into it. Right. There's a, if you want to have insurance, be my guest. I do not believe it is inherently evil. Have insurance, but know that you want it. Don't just be persuaded by an advertisement or by me or by anybody else. Know within yourself that that is what you want to do. This was something that and I, I think right now we don't. As people, I think a lot of people don't know that this is something they want when they make these decisions. They just do it because it's the social norm or because they saw an advertisement and subconsciously they got affected by that. And Yeah, the elites are really good at what they do and they, they put things in place to make us do It's like people who buy a do. security system. You know what you can do? Pay 10 bucks at a sign store and get an ADT sign and then just put that in your front yard. That does the same job as all the fucking For locks the and bells part. and whistles. Yeah, I would say 90% of the 90%, time. 90%, yeah. yeah. I was, and I, I think what triggered me tonight was not only the comment that Bobby made to, to Jesse last week, but it was also when I was watching football today, and I'm just seeing these State Farm commercials, you know, and, it, and they have so many. Honestly, they really do. They have way too many, in my opinion. I know that they Albert, State Farm, a Liberty. I saw Liberty yeah. Mutual over and over. Wait, yeah, is that pro- insurance? Progressive, yeah. Liberty Mutual is, yeah. And, and Progressive as well, and I think Progressive is the number one auto insurance, if, if I read correctly when I was looking it up. But I'm like, maybe if they had less ads going out, then maybe our car rate insurances could go down just a little bit. But then they wouldn't sell as much and they wouldn't make money. That's the other thing that you got to realize. The insurance company is not out for you. They are a for 
for-profit organization. They are there to make money. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, people are paying into it. And you, you told me earlier about how much the numbers have changed over the years. The insurance companies are making hand over fist every year off of people, which means, like I said, it's gambling. It is like a casino. Casinos aren't going broke anytime soon from paying out people jackpots and from paying out people when you're playing craps and you go in with $200 for the night and you end up walking out with 320 congrats, you made 120 bucks. You're not breaking the bank of the casino. They're taking money from so many people. And insurance is the same way, in my opinion. Maybe I'm looking at it dumb, and if someone knows a lot about it, educate me. Let me know in the comments. I, I would like to know more about it. Um, but it seems to me that it is... Once again, I'm reiterating myself, but a, but a gamble. You know, it's not something that you have to. It really is, and, and I'm reiter- reiterating myself. I think that, and maybe maybe not so much. I think that we need to be taught at a very young age, maybe like in early high school, because we have these public platforms where you know there are a massive amount of kids that are getting taught uh, certain subjects, and and one of the things that you don't get taught uh, unless you take a financial class are the implications of what life is and what life is is meant to be. And we're really a big proponent on education. And I don't think that it's said enough that you're not set up for life after you exit high school and when you're 18 and when you're supposed to be an adult and make these massive amounts of decisions. And again, I'm talking about one of the first decisions they tell you to do is spend one hundred thousand dollars on school over four years. Yeah, exactly. And I think I'm talking about like just like the middle class and the poor folks here. we need to be taught those things, right? Those are the type of things that need to be taught to people is like, hey, like, you know, like if you're going to, if you don't want health insurance, like you, let's say you're 16. And I know this is just per se, and I'm just talking out of my ass, but you're 16. And from the age till you're 25, that's nine years, a hundred bucks times a hundred bucks a month times nine years. You can pay that for insurance until you're 25 and nothing happens to you. Or you could invest it into these whatever. And like you and Jesse, like, Dude, the amount of like knowledge that you guys have on the stock market and, and what it is and what it does, like I still have n- no idea about any of that. I have never sat myself down and taught myself those things. And mine and Jesse's knowledge on it is minuscule. Right. But Min- the sad part is the minuscule, the very small amount that Jesse and I know about the stock market, the, the very small amount we know from it, we're both making a ton of money. We've both increased our in investments by well over the 12% margin, by well over. I mean, both of us upwards of hundreds of percents of what we've put in, you know? And it's like, what were you going to do with that money anyways? Like, that that's the stuff that they don't teach you, is saving your money, saving it appropriately, not just throwing it in the bank. Having, I mean, that's a, finance is a whole different discussion that we've talked about before and that I'd love to have a dedicated podcast over sometime. Maybe it'd be a good one for... If, if we ever get a like a, a stock market specialist or a Bitcoin specialist or something like that, it'd be a better time to deep delve into finance. But what I'm getting at, the point that Paul was making, is that they don't teach you these things in school. I had a finance class in school. They didn't teach me shit about any of that. You know what they taught me? How to write checks with my checkbook. That's, that's sad. Which and I get it. Times that's... change. And checks may have been a thing back then when I was in high school. Checks may have been more prevalent. I'd be curious. But teaching someone how to write a check is not, even if we use checks every day today, let's say credit cards didn't exist and we use checks to buy everything. Teaching someone how to write a check in high school is still not important. That's like teaching someone how to pay for something with cash. Like you learn that naturally. Like I, like looking back, if I, it, 
finance should be required. It should be a required class when you're in high school. Yeah. Like probably your senior year. Like when you're 17, 18 years old, you, that should be required that you do that. And they need to teach you about mortgages, renting, buying cars. Insurance. College, just the, the financial implications. Loans, interest. Everything, man. Everything. That they shit don't needs teach to you, be taught. Man, if you learn the difference between an unsubsidized and a subsidized loan or like paying back into a, a premium compared to paying where you're still gaining interest, which I don't remember what that one is called. All that, Like I guarantee you didn't, you didn't learn that shit in high school. And you should. It's super important. The most frustrating thing about, about this whole topic for me is I'm a very calm driver, right? And knock on wood, um, I've had one speeding ticket in six, four, 15 years that I've been driving. And mm-hmm. I was going 27 in a 15. And that was on the road that you live on. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Going to, going to Sagebrush. And um, that's the only speeding ticket that I've had. And I'm just, I'm just saying, there's a lot of, a lot of these people out here. Which that's a joke of a speeding ticket. It is, yeah. And I try to tell him, like, hey, man, I've never had a speeding ticket, but he didn't care. But anyways, what about those people out there who go? And I'm sure there's a lot of them. I don't know the percentage off the top of my head. Of it's got to be in the millions, maybe in the hundreds of thousands, of people who go their whole life paying insurance, driving cars, or living in a house, never getting an accident, nothing ever happens to their home. Nothing happens to them when they die. I mean, statistically, it has to be a lot of people because look at how much money the insurance companies are making. Right. Once again, comparing it to a casino, you're not breaking the insurance company any time. It's not like everybody who's paying into insurance is getting their fucking money back and then some to help them out in the world or else the insurance companies would go broke. Just like not everybody who walks into a casino is going to leave with more money than they walked in with. It just doesn't work that way. And it's the same for insurance. So it comes but down to do you want to be one of these people? Not saying it's bad. You have that choice. You have that decision to make. True, which is is capitalism allows you to be a part of that system of making money over others who aren't as smart as I mean, maybe not as smart, but they're just they're more inclined to 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 develop their knowledge in these areas and then make more money, as opposed to people who go their whole life for money. Isn't shit. You okay, bro? Yeah, yeah. You're about to like throw up. No, I just had some hiccups, but I don't think that those people should be at fault, nor should they have to pay their whole lives obligated to do those things and then get nothing in return i mean you you go from 16 years old that's when car insurance starts and then health insurance now is 25 after you whenever you're done with your parents and shit till the time you're 70 and nothing happens to your car your health or your house that's an insane amount of money it's a lot of money for just one person now times that by a couple million like you said that's how they make their money yeah that's insane. It's a big Ponzi scheme. Like I said, I wouldn't have full coverage on my car if it wasn't for the fact that I've done the math and it's literally cheap enough that it makes sense. I've done the math and it's cheap enough that it makes sense. And even then, I still don't like it because I'm if, like... But if, extra- you, if you trusted yourself as a driver, right, and you gambled and, you, and you're like, dude, like my Camaro's fine. Like I'm going to drive it. I don't want insurance. Someone hits you. Like they have insurance, so you're good. But what if they hit me and then they run away? Then either way, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah. No, my insurance right. would still pay for it. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's very part true. part of the, you know. That's liability, I do understand. Because God forbid, once again, God for man, insurance. You can't talk about insurance without knocking on wood every fucking 20 <laughs> seconds, honestly. <laughs> Jesus. No um, shit. But God forbid I was to get into an accident and harm someone or destroy part of a business or drive through a wall or whatever it is, you know? Then I understand... 
insurance there to help those people that I have harmed because I do not have the money myself to be responsible to help them. So yes, I agree with me as a choice. I agree that I pay into at least the liability aspect of it. Other than that though, man, if it would suck for my $10,000 car to fucking blow up, you know? But I don't fucking need full coverage on that. I'm saving up money, and if God forbid something happened and my car fucking kaputted, I can buy another one because I've been good with my money. Yeah, no, that's some good shit, it's, man. Man, when I bought it, they tried to get you on some shit trying to throw in uh, insurance and all this. And I remember the guy telling me over and over, which he's just trying to, once again, they're pushy salesmen. He's like, man, are you sure you don't want to get this insurance? Bro, you're buying a you know a car with 102,000 miles on it. Like, the engine could go out. Like, you sure you don't want it? And I'm thinking to myself, what, are you selling me a lemon? Is that what you're saying? Like, you're selling me a shitty car on purpose? He's like, no, no, just, you know, the car's... Like you're just you're there's a lot of miles on there. You should probably pay into this insurance. And that insurance was like thirty six hundred dollars or something like that over two years or whatever. And it or three years. It only lasted for like three years or whatever it was. And it's like thirty six hundred dollars. And I'm like, bro, why would I give you thirty six hundred dollars for nothing on the fucking five percent chance my car is going to put out or less than five percent chance? Or I could just save that money. And guess what? That's thirty six hundred plus the interest I earn off the 3600 since I invest it. So by the time my do- car does can put out, that 3600 is worth like 4500 or something towards a new vehicle. That's the shit that needs to be taught, man. I mean, and we've talked about it, man. That, that's the change. That's the biggest change that needs to happen within our society is making sure that people who are going through um, what is called high school, that they're – you know, that they're knowledgeable, man. That I mean, that's got to be it. And I know that there's no perfect utopia, man. And, and I know we've discussed this a little bit, but there's got to be something close to it. Um, not with the, the massive amount of gap between wealth and unwealthy people. Like, there's got to be something. In, and maybe it's not socialism. Maybe it's not communism. Maybe it's not capitalism. Maybe it's, it's something that we're not thinking about um, that could get us towards that type of goal. Because... Having Jeff Bezos make, or whatever his net worth is, and Mark Zuckerberg and all these billionaires and Elon Musk making a trillion dollars all combined, you know, all the the top 1%, and this year alone they've accumulated over a trillion dollars in wealth. To me, that's the biggest wealth transfer. I, I don't, to me, not to me, but in the world, it's the biggest tr- wealth transfer ever in one year, the amount of money that these people have made. And... That to me, and I think that I'm just kind of going into a different subject here as opposed to insurance, that's something that has to change. Yeah, and that's something that we've talked about a lot, and I agree. And I've kind of, we all have, I'd say more so, I'd say myself more so than the two of you, but I've kind of skirted that line of the whole communism, socialism thing compared to capitalism, kind of like just, just rode right on that line, you know? And I do. I want to put this out there. I do not think that communism or socialism would be better than capitalism. I do not. But I think that on paper, certain things look good. And At there its are foundation. Parts, there are parts that you can draw up from each other to combine something better. Like, yes, capitalism is good. The harder you work, the more income you should make. The, ho- the more effort you put into your life, the more you should can get we, out of it. Can we say one thing but, real fast? Can we say one thing? That the foundation of the three things that we've talked about and we've had a podcast about, socialism, communism, and capitalism, I don't think that those things can ever exist truly for their foundation because you add the human element. Exactly. They all look good on paper. 
And some people are, man, some people are going to look at me and be like, you're, you're fucking crazy. You just said communism looks at, actually look it up. Actually look up like. Look at its foundation. Look at its foundation and look at what it is. Communism on paper without the human element is fucking fine. There's nothing wrong with it on paper. It does not work in real life. And you're going to instantly go to, well, look at North Korea and look at China and all this. That's not what I'm saying. That's a corrupt version, just like we would corrupt it. I'm saying just on like paper it looks we have good, a, we have just corrupt, like we look, have corrupt capitalism. Yes. Capitalism looks good on paper. Socialism looks good on paper. They all look fine on paper. But you, have, you add in the human element, and they all kind of suck to a degree. But capitalism sucks less than the others. I believe in capitalism. I believe that the harder you work, the more money you should make. The problem I have is that the scale is so exponential. Like... Jeff Bezos makes, I'm throwing out numbers because I can't do the math in my head. Let's say Jeff Bezos makes 100000 a year more than you. It's probably more than that. But let, not $100,000. I'm saying a, the amount of money you make, you make 40000 a year, he makes 100000 times that, which, once again, is probably more. Let's say he makes that. Do you think that he works 100000 times harder than you? He probably does work harder than you. Maybe not manual labor. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's running a Fortune 500 company, whatever it is. He probably works harder than you and should make more money than you. So instead of 40,000 a year, he should probably be paid like, I don't know, four or 500,000 a year. Not have a net worth of $116 billion. Like there's the, the scale just like how the higher up you get on the corporate ladder it just grows exponentially in the amount of money you make when it should be more of like a line, you know, if I was drawing it on a graph. Do you think that you could uh, take away the human element out of capitalism or communism or socialism? No, no. You can't take, about, you can't take away the human element in life because you don't have humans Do you, for life. Right, but, I mean, there's still humans. For all our flaws, that's, our flaws make us great true, individuals and beings. Very true, but we, we are human and... and one thing that we can tell right now is that we're really good at obeying, really, really good at obeying other humans and their rules and what they, what they uh, put out for us. But let's say we look at the true foundation of capitalism in the Constitution, and we only live by that, and there are no questions asked. People see it for what it is, and that is the only thing that we live by. And if not, <clears throat> I know this, this is a utopia, man. Like, yeah. it's... Like, Which once but, again, I'll but say what this. I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if we're good at obeying the rules of these fucking crony one percent billionaire trillionaire motherfuckers, if we just all live by the same rules, and if we all truly live by what is the foundation of capitalism and the foundation of our constitution, that would life would just be good. It's still I stand by this because of the human element. Even get rid of the corruption, get rid of the government. I've said this before, and I've said it to Jesse when I'm trying to explain it to him. Get rid of the corruption, get rid of the government, get rid of tax breaks, get rid of all this nonsense, and just have straight up people trading things for other things. I'm a milkman, you know, I do this, I milk cows, I sell fucking golf clubs, I do whatever I fucking do, and then someone else runs a company and does whatever they do. You still have the human element in capitalism. At the end of the day, Jeff Bezos has built an amazing business with Amazon. People would still be ordering stuff from him online all the time. He would still be making an incredible more amount of money than you because of the human element of greed there and not giving that back to his employees. Like, if, you're, if you work for a business that makes billions and billions of dollars a year, you should be paid higher than the person who works for a business that only makes a few hundred thousand a year. Some of that money should trickle back down to you, but it really doesn't work that way. 
Or if it does, if you think you're in one of those businesses where they're like, oh, but they give me they give me stock options and blah, 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 and bonuses and stuff. Man, that amount is fucking minuscule in comparison. So, no, you'll always have that human element. Even if you get rid of the corruption and get rid of all that, we are humans. We have flaws. We have greed. We have pride. Oh, basically, the seven deadly sins, whatever they are, sloth, all that other nonsense. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just who we are as people. That's how it works. But to a degree, man, you need to look out for your fellow man, which is where I get back on my whole communism, socialism train that people are going to make fun of me for in the comments or whatever. I'm not saying that you should give everything to someone who's not trying themselves. If anything, though, if you've been fortunate enough and tried really hard in your life and done well for yourselves, you should give enough and enough doesn't even have to be money. It could be guidance to help someone else get on their feet and try for themselves to earn something because we're all in this. Don't want to sound like Jesse right now because he goes down this road a lot, which I don't believe in. I'm not spiritualist at all, but we are all in this together. We all live on this planet and we should all love one another. Like, Yeah, no, I, I think guidance is a good thing. And that just goes back to what I said when it comes to education of the youth. And if they were to give that type of guidance to people and, and people are more aware of what they're getting themselves into when they're 18 and they're earning, and entering uh, what is called U.S. capitalism, I think that that would do leaps and bounds. And it could create... Uh, a magical shift into our into our society to where we do progress as opposed to being stagnant and maybe we're not stagnant because again like you said the internet's only been here for 30 years and maybe we're just sitting here nitpicking but to me I think it's very obvious what's going on right now and that's just the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer I, I don't see any other situation than that and, and if if it's only been that short amount of time that this is happening then the the goal of of these rich elite are people who accumulate mass amounts of wealth. Are we all subject to that same like type of mentality to where we wouldn't care and we would just do what we want to do and we want to build our business and we just forget about everyone else. It comes down to the individual. It's very true. But like, at, and, and I would have to look at a list of like the top billionaires, but what have, what have they done to change anything when it comes to, but, when it comes to important shit like education reform and government reform and not, having uh, lobbyists involved with with uh, elections and shit like that, like, you don't see that. None of that shit has ever happened. But they've done studies and shown that, like, on personality tests and all this, that most of these, not all, but the majority of all of these billionaires, you know, millionaires, even, yeah, millionaires and stuff, these people who make it far in these corporations and build these corporations and stuff have a level of uh, psychopathy or psychopathy, however you say the word, to them which is needed to even achieve that. I don't I don't have that level in me, so like I'm going to try to achieve stuff and try to achieve stuff, but there's always going to be that part of me that wants to help other people. So I may I may never even make it to the position where I'm able to help other people because I have that flaw. So to me that's what that suggests is the fact that capitalism, socialism and all the types of whatever isms, not all isms, but you know what I'm saying. Um it it's in order to be at the top, you have to have a certain thing about you when it comes to your psyche. And you have to be kind of a psychopath a little bit in order to want that control. And with, with that control comes large amounts of wealth, large amounts of wealth that you're handing over to a psychopath. Granted, they've created good things that we all enjoy. But is it worth it for the rest of the 99% or the 95% or whatever it is to endure what they have to endure? 
mentally and physically. Uh, we have it better mentally and physically than some other places, most other countries. But what I would tell anyone who wants to come to America and, and live the American dream, yes, you have those opportunities that we just discussed, but that's for a very small percentage of people. The re and, and if you come to America and then you live the American dream, and I know it could be way, way worse in the country that you live in, but mentally the fucking mind fuck that you go through as an American is, is deep. Yeah, this is pretty bad. It's deep. And I think people shortfall that, man. And I don't think that people give that enough credit. Not that I wanted to have credit, but like, dude, living the day to day and, and just being average and not that it's bad, man. Like, I don't care that I'm not a millionaire or a billionaire. Would I like it? Sure. Why not? I think I like to think that I would give back. But it is tough. It's not the easiest thing to do is live in this Western first world type mentality. It's all relative too. to anybody out there being like, oh, stop crying. You don't live in a country where your arm gets blown off by landmines. And, oh, man, you don't you don't live in the fucking ghetto where you're worried about getting shot every day. And you're not trying to raise seven kids without a fucking significant other or all this and blah, blah. It's all relative, man. There, There's people who make millions of dollars are having hardships, believe it or not. People who make millions of dollars are having hardships. People like myself who make like 35 fucking 40 a year are having hardships. And people who make fucking 10000 or less are living in a different country where there's fucking constant war or having hardships. And they're on different levels with different things. It's all relative to your experiences in life. So I'm still allowed to complain is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Wonderfully said, honestly. I, I, I mean, that's just where I'm at, man. It's just crazy. Crazy world we live in, man. It is. And you man. talk about education and that... There's so not to I mean, I feel like we've digressed off the initial topic of insurance anyways. Yeah, but it's weird because we've we've gotten into this realm. Us as a society and as a world have gotten to this realm of any topic we bring up between the two of us here or the three of us. If Jesse was here, any topic we bring up like education, like, fine, you know, educating people about finances. And then we talk about healthcare and how healthcare is fucked up and it should be cheaper and all this. All these things we talk about. They all have all the solutions to them are caused by another problem as well. You know what I mean? Like it all links. Like we can say fix the education system. But to fix the education system, you have to fix the corrupt people who are donating into the education system, which means you have to fix, you know, the gold standard or the Federal Reserve or all this, which means you have to fix taxes, which means you have to fix the education system to correct people to like it's just one. I'm doing a bad job of describing it, but it's a web where they're all inner connected you know what i mean it's a very it's deep like web, pulling yeah. out it's like pulling out you know you ever played the game kerplunk try not to get the marbles fall pulling out sticks or whatever that's a bad example or jenga it's like you take one piece out trying to fix something but then you're putting it on top and adding another you know another piece uh, i don't i don't i don't think it goes that far man i i i, I, I do don't. i think it's like, maybe, or like maybe a better example would be like coding like you talk about video game or web design or something anybody out there who knows a decent about like coding and computers and stuff like it's not as easy as rewriting one part of the code to fix a bug. When you do that, it could change tons of other things as well. Yeah, but just imagine the mass amounts of population that's lived since, let's go back to the to 1776. And you, I don't know what the, the amount of people that have lived from there until now. And then the small percentage amount of people who have controlled the country and the way that it's going towards... I don't think you can that's, compare it to... That's another one of those strands of that web that I'm talking about, though. Honestly, like out of the web, that's included as one of those problems. One of those needles, one of those Jenga pieces is the super rich. Just like one of those Jenga pieces is the fact that 
we develop technology so fast and it's changing so like at an, such an exponential rate that it's going faster than we can keep up with it. So like you talk about like, man, the internet's only been around for like 30 years or whatever it was, roughly 30 years, give or take a few years here or there. It's only been around that long and look what it's turned into and look what it can be used for, for both good and bad. Look at all the things that it can do and how, and like we just haven't caught up with that and we're already moving on to other, to other things. It's just, then that's the growth of technology and how fast we advance as society is out moving us as our ability to evolve as humans is just another one of those Jenga pieces. That's true. I mean, that's a good way to look at it because who knows if, if things didn't ship out the way that they were supposed to, we wouldn't be here right now. You know, very true. I mean, (sighs) I mean, it's not what I wanted to hear, but you're completely right, man. But I, I think that just with great messages and, and with people being aware of what's going on and, with everything happening right now, I think that p- people are more aware of what's going on. And eventually, I think maybe mathematically, um, mathematically, it's it's bound to happen another revolution. I mean, we're not, we're not like pretty to not, uh, uh, we're not, did I say that right? Pretty or pity? I forget the word. We're not privy, sorry, privy to not having another revolution. And I know that you and Jesse don't think that. That confused the shit out of me. Yeah, but go priv- ahead. Privy. I'm, I think that, I mean, it could happen here within the United States, not necessarily like a world war, but like an actual revolution within our own country based upon all the things that we've talked about tonight. It could, it could happen and And it could not for years and years. True. Yeah. Very true. But what I'm saying is I think it's leading up to that. I truly think it is. I I guess what I'm saying about that is that. What will it change when it happens? Well, the other thing is you say it's leading up to that. I guarantee you there was someone who said the exact same words you just said. 10 years ago and felt as strongly as you do now. What about in 1767? I'm sure someone said that too. No, that's my point. So there's no way to really know when it's going to happen. We can't predict the future, but they always, man, it's the same thing with not to, not to like thump parts of the Bible here or whatever. But I remember, man, back in 2001, I would have been 11 years old. I would have been 10 or 11 years old, depending on us. I was 10. Um, when 9-11 happened, you know, and then over the course of the next four years after that, I remember, I remember my mom talking about it. I remember my mom talking about it. I remember other people I knew talking about it and hearing it on the news, not the news, hearing it from all these other kinds of things. I remember people saying, man, this is just like in the Bible. This is biblical times. This is the end of times. Right. Uh, they said, we're going to get the mark of the beast, which could be credit cards. I remember people saying that credit cards are the mark of the beast. And then they were talking about how this is like the Bible. They said there's going to be some that's, great, that's there's going to be a great war in the middle of the East and we're approaching the end times. And now we're years and years from that. And people are still saying the same thing. We're always going to be, we're going to be, there will be people talking about what we're, let's say a no revolution happens. There will be people talking about the same thing that we're talking For about sure. now, 50 fucking years from now. Just insert some different dialogue. I, but Instead it, of talking about the, the internet, they'll the be deal, talking though. about fucking... Here's the deal. Though. I would be very disappointed. Boxel box. And, and not that I want it to happen. Not that I want a revolution to happen. But again, everything that we've talked about tonight dictates, or at least in my mind, says that it should happen. And I would be extremely disappointed in society, and this is just my opinion and how I feel, if there wasn't one in, in the next 50 to 100 years. Because what that says is that the 1% has even a more of a grip hold than I could have ever thought or imagined. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. Yeah, man. Whenever I went down the rabbit hole for the first time, back when I was like 18, 19, I watched Zeitgeist and I, 
I've still know, never seen that. I need to. Yeah, you definitely should. Maybe watch. I mean, it's three hours. It's pretty long, but I mean, you get interested into it. The first part's about religion, um, and you would like that, but some people don't. But anyways, I completely agree. Um, there was probably people in the 60s saying the same shit about the Bible. Like, that's another flaw of the human individual when it comes to religion. They want to they want to relate everything that's happening now governmentally and things that are happening in the world to the Bible and saying it's the end of the world. When that's just not the case. We don't know that. We can't predict that. We, who the fuck knows? But I it's can, the same thing with not the Bible. And no, you, no, no, no. You yeah, saying yeah, that what, what I'm revolution. Saying, yeah, what like, I'm saying is like, dude, I got super hard into conspiracy. Sorry, thank you for rejuvenating my mind. I got super hard into conspiracy, and then I just... I was I was down that path for like five or six years, and I'm like, these people are saying Planet Nibiru is coming, Planet X is coming, Zacharias Sitchin, he decoded all of these tablets, and it shows that Planet X is coming, it's going to smash into us, and the Anunnaki were here, and they were mining gold, and they were doing all these things. Lizard people. Yeah. I, like, I legitimately have no idea what you're talking about right, right now. Right, right, right. But, but then I realized, I was like, you know what? Like, not one person has it right. Not one person knows it all. And even collectively, these rich elite could know more than us, but they don't they still don't know it all. They still don't know the origins of the earth and the origins of the galaxy and the origins of the universe. They don't know all that shit, man. We're all equal. In my opinion, we all have the same opportunity. They're just psychopaths and we're not. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not to even say, man, I feel like I always try to be as non-biased as I can, but I don't bring up the other side too, which is believe it or not, I'm sure there are some evil rich people out there. Believe it or not, some of these super rich people may not be... Man, like Mark Zuckerberg, for example. Mark Zuckerberg may not be evil at all. He's a kid who went to college and figured out a good idea and made a lot of money, and now I'm sure he did some shit to fuck over people, but I'm sure that you've done fucking worse. I'm sure that I've done fucking worse to other people. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's just the times we live... Like, he could be living a fucking normal life, too, where shit's just happening. His company's doing really well he's got to deal with courts he's got to deal with all this shit he's living his life like i'm not specifically saying that they're all evil too it's just the way that their terms of service man are pretty yeah i know pretty bad but he has to to cover his own ass the he he literally has to do Access that because to your of the whole government. phone your text messages your video the government makes them do some of that shit by that's the way that's true and no one would ever know that like you can't i don't know it's it's weird it's like a on one hand, it's like a lose-lose-lose situation, no matter how you look at it. On the other hand, it's a win-win-win if you look at it in a positive way where it's like, man, just take care of you. Be nice to other people. Take care of your family. Do what you can to better yourself. Like I said at the very beginning of the podcast, or like 10 minutes in roughly, um, educate yourself before you make decisions. That's it. Simple as that. Little, little small decisions. Finances is super important. If you've listened to all this podcast right now, if there's like one piece of advice I could give you, it's, hey, take the time to... Uh, Get your finances a little together and, you know, think to yourself, man, every small step counts. Like take, man, I spend fucking, oh, I spend $30 a week on booze, man. I can cut that down to $15 a week and take that other 15 and put it into some fucking simple investment bullshit app like Acorns or Robinhood or whatever, or in my savings. If you don't have a savings account at all at your bank, you know, and just that adds up over time and then. You get addicted to it. You get addicted to saving money, actually. It becomes like a game. It's like an arcade game. When I can look at my phone and see those numbers going up and up, the more that I do, it's addicting, but it's a good addiction because now I've got fucking money to do what I want with. Which is the most important thing. Um, And money's not everything, right? But the steps that Johnny's talking about are very important for you to do the things that you want to do. Unfortunately, that's the life that we live in. If you want to go out and live in the wilderness and start building shit, like you're going to need tools. Like you're going to have to have money for that. Money's always important, man. Yeah, it it, it is. 
I mean, it's not the end all be all, but it is important. Right. You don't have to try to make a billion fucking dollars, but you need to make enough money to where your family can live in this world and, and have fucking food. Yeah. And have a, you know, have a roof over their head. So and you don't need the fucking $40,000 car if you make 25000 a year. Let's, that makes no fucking sense. Let's end it on this, man. Um, tomorrow they're voting on the $2,000 stimulus check. The $2,000 per person stimulus. Oh, man, that's a whole other thing that I... We'll, we'll just do it real fast, man, because we're, we're close to the hour mark. But yeah, I have something interesting to bring up about that, that uh, yeah. after you. Uh, for anyone who, who's wondering, and I was talking to my buddy Trey uh, on Saturday night, and which was yesterday night, sorry. And he was just like, I don't get it, man. He's like, why are people complaining? Like, it's $600. That's 600 more dollars than you would have ever had. Like, you never would have had that money. And I was like, Trey, I was like, that's our money. They're giving us $600 of our money. Like, they're just brand. I was like, not only that, I was like, but people are pissed for the fact that they're giving $1.3 billion to Egypt for their for their military. And the list goes on for the amounts of this money doesn't just come from nowhere. Yeah. And if you're like, oh, actually, I did the research and it doesn't come from our taxes and we won't have to pay a dime into it. When they print the money, it makes all the money you have in your fucking wallet worth less than it is now. Yes. And the whole podcast we're talking about, the reason insurance is going up is because of inflation and the amount of money that's being printed. So even I'm even complacent or I'm even skeptical of even, of course, if I get $2,000 and they vote on it tomorrow and they say, yes, I don't have any other option. I'm going to fucking take the money. But like $600 is breadcrumbs. And that's what we talked about in the last podcast was the fact that bailouts are socialists and the amount of money that these corporations are getting. And another thing that, we're ta- that we talked about in the last podcast was Trump. And is he trying to do something to change the, the course of everything that we've described tonight? And I don't know if it was part of the game, but he did deny that, that bailout. And not only that, he denied the, the defense bill as well. He did, he did back-to-back denies of, of these things that were insane when it comes to the House of Representatives throwing a slap in the face to Americans. That's what, four or 500 people in the Congress and then 200 in the Senate or whatever, or 100 in the Senate, that are just saying they wanted to pass this fucking bill? Go ahead. No, do you finish what you're... I just, to, I me that's, that, to me, that's crazy that, 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 that even passed for Trump to even sign. Like, that it got that far, and now people are saying the, the Democrats knew that Trump wasn't going to sign it. They just did that just because they knew he wouldn't sign it. Well, why the fuck would you even do that? Mm-hmm. When people are fucking starving, people are going hungry, people don't have enough money to pay their rent because all these shutdowns, and I'm specifically talking about states that aren't, uh, that aren't allowing their states to open up. We're blessed to live in the state that we live in because everything for the most part... We're blessed part, to live in the county we live in. Yes. Our county's very, way more lax than other counties in our same state. Yes, very blessed because we're still making the amount of money that we're used to making. There's there's other states in our country that aren't so lucky to say that. And they're sleeping in the fucking streets, in the hallways of train stations and all this shit. Like, it's just nuts to me, man. Go ahead. Sorry. No. So one of the other problems I have with and this is all bills, by the way, but I'm using the covid one uh, as an example, reading this the other day. And I'm sure there's way more in there than this, this is. But every bill, it was every five thousand pages, every fucking law that gets passed. Yeah. People don't exactly. It's five thousand pages. The People first, don't realize that a lot of it has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with whether or not you're going to get money. They call it the uh, the COVID nineteen ep- economic relief bill, but part of it has nothing. A lot of it has nothing to do with that. Here's a random. Uh, let's see, page two hundred 
2542 goes into prohibited act. It shall be unlawful for a person to willingly or purposely or commercially advantage or private financial gain offer or provide to the public a digital transmission service that is primarily primarily designed or provided for the purpose of publicly performing works protected under Title 17 by means of digital transmission, blah, 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 uh, without the authority of copyright owner, blah, blah. There's copyright law. There's fucking copyright law in here that talks about how if you stream fucking music or if you're fucking, you know, you're doing something and you've got music playing, but whatever you're doing is for money, even though the music has nothing to do with that, you're doing something else for money, but you happen to have music in the background that's copyrighted and stuff, that's a fucking felony and all kinds of stuff like that. That's in a COVID-19 relief bill. And this is a problem with all bills that get passed. There's so much bullshit that hides under well, there. Well, hold on. So the first, the CARES Act had 325 pages, like 300 pages. This has 5,000 pages. I know, I know. That's insane. My thing is, why can't we just, and I don't know all the legal jumbo. I don't know how many pages you would need. But like, man, if a bill comes out, it should be set on one thing and one thing only. And you get, you get 10 pages of 12-point font. And it should only focus on the actual subject matter. Give if you the American want people money. If Give you them. want something else to, if you want something else to pass, that should be a completely separate bill. Stop packaging all this shit into a five thousand fucking page bill, where it's either, man, I dude, this part talks about fucking killing babies, but this other part says that everybody gets a million dollars for free. I don't know how we should vote on this. Like, why do those have to be together? Why can't it be? This part's about people getting money. This part's about whether or not babies should die. Like, why do those have to be fucking put together? That's the thing to me, the reality of the situation. And let's let's fancy the idea that in Congress, things are normal, right? Like, within the House of Representatives and the Senate and our president and all three uh, branches are operating at optimal, at optimal force. And everything's a go. And this is truly what we have voted in, and this is what we're getting. Like, there's no conspiracy behind our government. Everything is legit. Everything's fine. You're saying if the government worked how the government's yeah. supposed to work. And this is what we get. This is what we get. How, how is that possible? That it's a 5,000-page document that has copyright, that is giving like millions... Why is, honestly, the COVID-19 economic relief bill, why is there anything on page 2,547 about copyright law? That's, yeah. What like why? Then and it gets deeper than that. There's and no, and that's just that. one little example that I paid attention to because I've watched fucking Twitch or YouTube, and that comes up because that's important to those people, those content producers. I'm sure there's shit in there about fucking hospital employees. I'm sure there's shit about fucking education reform. Like, who knows what's in this fucking five thousand page bill? Do you know how and long it takes to problem. read five thousand pages? Most books are like. What, Dude, I have four a or hard time with fucking redfish, bluefish, one fish, two fish. But like most books are like five or six hundred pages, right? We'll just say on average. Who knows? Like when I read a book, maybe two or three hundred pages. Yeah, sure. Five thousand, man. We'll leave it of at not, that. Of not easy to read, by the way. Right. We'll leave it at that. Uh, everyone should be aware of that and look into it. And whatever you find, man, just put it in the comments below and we'd be happy to look at it as well. Because Johnny just described page 2000 something something. I'd be interested to see what's on page 4,677. You know, I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. That's a whole other topic for a whole other, but that's ridiculous. It is, and maybe when uh, Jesse joins us next week, but I think next week is going to be a good podcast. Um, we could talk oh, yeah, about that. Yeah, we got that. some other plans in motion next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week, and I'm waiting on confirmation, so I'm not going to tell you guys who the guest is yet. And and maybe whenever I do get confirmation, I'll, I'll do like a, 
highlighted video or maybe like a minute video just to promote you can post it. like updates now on youtube that are like yeah. status updates or something yeah. i don't know much about it but i know it's a thing yeah kind of like a snapchat or something like that yeah it's, it's just it's literally like facebook back in the day when facebook first started and it was like johnny clark is where it forced you to put is there or mm-hmm. whatever you know what i'm talking about it's just a status update but for your youtube channel yeah yeah we'll do that if if I get confirmation, it may be a day or two before I get the confirmation with a really good podcast next week. And again, we're working on uh, some other things as well. I hope you guys like this video, even though Jesse wasn't here. Uh, tears in my eyes because I love Jesse so much and he would have made this podcast so much uh, sexier. But Johnny and I made it pretty sexy. Yeah. We made it very sexy, like Double D. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say right now, man. <laughs> All I'm saying is I had fun with Johnny, man. Uh, yeah. This is our first podcast, just him and I, honestly, without a guest. Oh, yeah. I was like, we had one. We had another one that was just the two of us. But we had a guest as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, fucking loved it, man. Yeah. And if you guys haven't, if this is the first podcast you've ever watched and you've made it all the way through to the end, first, thanks. Uh, you know, in option B, congratulations. And then option 12, um, make sure to check out last week. Last week's was really good. Last week's was solid. It's uh, it's on there. It's on my list of like top, uh, top 10 out of the fucking 200 podcasts we've done. 100% man biggest thing you guys can do honestly and I I need to start saying this at the beginning uh, like like our podcast share our podcast because when you think about it like this if we're right now we're averaging like 50 to 60 views and if you truly and I'm just saying for the the podcast that you really like and if you don't like it that's fine but yeah, if you, don't do it if you don't like it if you really really like the podcast and you really did enjoy it just share it because let's say we have 50 people who share it or even 25 people who share it probably going to get like at least 20 more views and more people that will uh, reach out to this community and uh, enjoy the knowledge that we are spreading to this community. So I would appreciate that. So hit that like button, hit the subscribe button to all our junkies out there. Uh, stay a bell and ring the fly. <laughs> I'm not Jesse. I don't rec- I don't practice this shit.